Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is our producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing this evening, sir? I am doing well, Kyle, and yourself. Oh boy, it's been a, a couple long nights. The season is uh, in full swing. I've been all over the place. Sleep is at a premium. I've been up till about 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. Uh, a handful of nights already, but I'm doing it for the greater good of the state of Georgia, and it's it's a fun time of year with all these teams trying to sort themselves out and trying to figure out who's good, who's not good. Uh, a long season ahead of us, but we're already starting off on the right foot, I think. That we are, and we'll jump right into the boys' rankings. Um, as always, the boys' rankings come out Sunday, mid-afternoon, we'll call it. We'll jump into Class 7A. That's a lot of A's I'm seeing on our show sheet. Region 6, a lot of talent stacked up in Region 6. We have number 5, Duluth, number 8, Mountain View, number 9, Peachtree Ridge, and number 10, Collins Hill. All of those 7A teams come from Region 6. That's four ranked in the top 10. And, of course, Discovery and Mill Creek always playing tough in that region. What do you say, Kyle? Yeah, that is uh, – it's really emerged as one of those difficult, difficult regions. We knew it was tough last year. Had a lot of teams finish with about 18 wins, 17 wins, uh, 19 wins. It's going to be the same type uh, same type of a, a difficult region this year. And we've already seen it. Uh, Duluth, they just got knocked off by Mountain View. Uh, so a mild, what, a number eight versus number five upset. So a, li- a little bit of an upset there. That just happened just the other night. So there's there's a lot of good basketball being played there. And you, you already look, Discovery, so that's they were already ranked in there. So they would be, what, the 15 that's that's been ranked so far this season. And, and then you can't really uh, put it past a, a team like Mill Creek to, to come up and knock you off. That's a team that's very well coached over there. Coach Allen, so it's it's a tough region. Whoever comes out uh, winning that region is uh, is going to be very battle tested for the state playoffs. And uh, a bold prediction I would make, probably not that bold, but whoever wins a regular season in Region Six, uh, I don't think it's a, a surefire lock that they're going to win the region tournament. So you're going to probably see uh, a regular season champion, but someone else is going to come out of that, that tough field and end up winning the region tournament. I think that region tournament is probably going to end up being one of the best in the entire state because, really, pick a name out of a hat out of six, seven teams, uh, they all have a legitimate shot at getting hot and stringing together a couple wins and winning that number one seed. Down in 6A, the reigning champs, Langston Hughes, they are back at number one behind Landers Noli. They are back indeed, uh, and funny how things work out, Ramin. Wasn't it just last week you were you were peppering me saying, what's it going to take, what is it going to take for Gainesville to finally drop out of that number one spot? That's, that was going to be uh, my next question, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same wing, wave, uh, wavelength there, and uh, well, we, we, we found out. Gainesville, they got, they got it taken to them by Duluth, lost by about 18 points or so. And uh, there's been some more drama surrounding the program over there. It's just, it's always, it's always tough. I, I, you know what? I feel like last year, last year was definitely their their year to to go all the way. They were clicking on all cylinders. They were beating everybody. Then they ran into Langston Hughes, 
And f- for whatever reason, I just feel like a little piece of Gainesville, you know, they, they kind of died that night. They were they were the, the heavy favorite, and Langston Hughes came and, and, and took it to them. They, they, they stole it from them in a tight game, you know, at Gainesville. And I don't know. I just feel like they've lost their mojo ever since then. And, I mean, let's let's look at their, their record. They haven't won a game since then. So, you know, off to an 0-4 start. And, uh, I mean, Langston Hughes, they're, they're starting to start clicking at the right time. Uh, Landers Nola, you already mentioned him. Uh, Tyrell Morgan is starting to play pretty well, and they got some uh, some size inside with Tyler Smith, uh, a transfer. So uh, Langston Hughes, I feel good about them at the number one seed. They're starting to play well, and uh, number two spot, Dekula is starting to get it going in the right direction. I, we I know we talked about the top three having a little bit of struggle, but Gainesville they need to find their footing because the other two teams ahead of them are kind of hitting their stride right now. I asked you this last week, and uh, things have changed since last week, obviously, so I'll pose the same question again. Can Gainesville fall further than three in next week's rankings? It's very possible. It's very possible. I mean, their schedule's not getting any easier off the top of my head. I, I, I don't know it. You might be able to look it up for me real quick. Maybe, maybe not, but I know they still have a, a brutal stretch. I, I know they still got Memphis East just coming up who – I guess they're still ranked number one in the nation or in that that top five, so they're gonna have to see them very soon. Uh, it, it's just it's not easy. They got a lot of a tough tests coming up, and like I said, I told you when this this opening nine game stretch, they might go you know three and six out of the nine game stretch, and that might be considered good because they're playing such good competition. But on the other hand, you know, other side of that. It's very well. They could go one and eight to start the season, two and seven to start the season, and that's, I mean, it's a slippery slope, especially with you know what they had going on over there. If, uh, there's a shuffling of the roster. It, it could be uh, it could be tough to to bounce back from a, a, a tough start. And you got teams like Brunswick, who obviously they don't they don't have the firepower that Gainesville does, but they're off to a nice start. The defending, uh, you know, state runner ups, you were to be the defending state champs, but they're playing good on the coast. Bradwell Institute's playing well on the coast. Coffee's down, down South looming. They're getting their football guys back, uh, eventually very soon. Uh, you got a new face in Effingham County. So there's a lot of teams that are starting to, you know, pick up some steam and Gainesville's going to have to get on the right track, but you know what? State championships aren't won in November. They're not won in December. They are won in March. So there's there's time for Gainesville to get back uh, get back on the right track. They play Cordova, Tennessee on Friday, Ridgeway out of Memphis, Tennessee on Saturday, and it looks like they have a week off before they take on Grayson at Grayson, a 70 team that's fairly scrappy in their own right. I think they've been ranked earlier on, maybe in the preseason ranking right right Grayson Grayson's real good they're what they're sitting at number six right now number six right now in the rankings and if they're playing Grayson and Gainesville that's another just that's a a handful of a matchup a a really good game but again Grayson's physical inside they rebound very well and they got Travis Anderson who's going to uh, Charleston Southern, who knows how to score the ball, and you know one of my favorite unsigned senior guards, uh, Nick Ander or Nick Nick Edwards, pardon me. Nick Edwards is really good. He's really been uh, playing very well. He's a guy that's a major stock up player for the Rams. 
You mentioned a lot of those other teams uh, in the Class 6A rankings, Brunswick, Bradwell Institute, Coffee, Effingham County, guys outside the metro area along the coast or down south. And so just due to geographic proximity, they often don't play these other teams, your Langston Hughes, your Gainesvilles, your Deculas, your Tri-Cities. How are you factoring them into the rankings here, kind of playing disparate opponents? Yeah, they, they definitely don't don't play the same. Uh, there's always that, oh, there's you got a Metro Atlanta bias and all that stuff, but that's really, you know, that's that's made up. Uh, the teams down south, it, it is a, a jumbled bag, but, I mean, coffee, we're, we're showing coffee a lot of love. They only won like 16 games last year, and they had a, you know, a nice run. They lost in overtime to South Paulding. In the uh, in the second round, I, I think it was there. So uh, yeah, they they don't they don't see the the quote unquote elite uh, level talents like a Gainesville's going out and playing a, a Norcross and everything like that. But these are still good teams. And uh, Bradwell Institute that's that's a team that's going to be battling with Brunswick to try and win that that coastal region. That's going to be back and forth. Uh, all season long, and you know, you really never know until we get to the state tournament. We could say, oh, this region's great, this region's great, I love this, what, region one or region two, whichever one it is down there, this is a great region, but man, once you get to the state tournament, it, you never know, they might crap the bed and go one and three or get swept, it's, uh, you never really know, We like last year, region seven, we had a pretty good guesstimate of, okay, uh, this is this isn't the strongest region, and then you know it plays out that way. But if you want to look at it at the girls' side, we thought uh, Northview is really good on the girls' side, and everyone else we're not too sure. Uh, but Region Seven ended up playing extremely well, and they they took care of business and won the majority of their games in that opening round, and or at least played extremely close close matchups. So you really just don't know until you get to the state tournament. But uh, those teams on the down south, uh, I just I wouldn't. I would not sleep on them yet, even though they might not have the size and the, the Division One recruits of these teams up north in the metro area. I do not want to put it past these South Georgia teams to make another run at a state title. In Class 5-way, we touched on a storyline last week. Buford stays at number two, but what's more interesting is the teams that aren't ranked. A few uh, teams in 5A making some pushes early here to uh, earn their spot into the top ten. I mean, if you're looking at that, you probably have to start with uh, Statesboro. I mean, Statesboro, if you want to look at their past four games, uh, they've won, what, out of those four games, it looks like three of those games have been wins over ranked opponents. So they beat Bradwell Institute, who we were just talking about. They beat them 52-44. to they beat Effingham County at Effingham County, 68 to 53, and then they took care of Swainsboro, who was our preseason number one in Class 2A, which hasn't quite fared out that well. But plenty of season left. They drilled them 71 to 36. So Statesboro is, I mean, they're they're playing extremely well right now. Uh, they're being led by Daniel Cooper, a senior. He's averaging close to 21 points per game. Uh, Tyler Goodman's in the mix and another strong guard. And then Trey Burns is uh, a, a good guard with some size that does a little bit of everything for them. So, I mean, they, they have a great resume at 5-1 and one right now. I mean, they opened up the season with a loss to Lakeside Evans, 75-69. Uh, and since then, they've kind of they got it moving in the right direction. Uh, I feel like if they played them again, they might be able to clip them. 
since they are trending in the right direction. But I mean, that's a team you, I, you know, I really wanted to try and get them in the top ten, but it was just tough. Nobody lost. The only loss was who? Uh, Columbia beat like Southwest DeKalb by two points. So I can't drop them all the way out when they're like number four and they lost to a team that was ranked number eight. So the, there was just no way to shoehorn Statesboro into that discussion. And the same goes for a team like Lithia Springs. They're off to a 7-0 and start. They've been playing extremely well. You got a, a nice 6-5 freshman post. Amari and Smith inside. Uh, they got a lot of guys helping out. Terrence Ashford. Uh, Christian Horton, uh, Anthony Hardy, a lot of these guys are, you know, it's somebody new every single game leading the team in scoring. So that, that's a team over there in uh, that, that Region 5, actually Region 6. So they're in there with Region 6, and they're they're stuck in there with Maynard Jackson, who we do have in the polls, it looks like. What do we have Maynard Jackson at? Number 10. So that's who they're, they're going to be battling with for uh, that Region 6 title, it looks like, right now. So Jackson and uh, Lithia Springs. And, uh, yeah, Lithia Springs is off to a really good start. So I would say them and Statesboro, if you're looking for uh, a team to jump into the rankings, um, you know, barring any crazy upsets or anything like that, uh, probably Statesboro and Lithia Springs are next in line, knocking on the door to crack the top ten. Before we leave five A, I have to mention number one Warner Robins. The name jumps out to me because of the obvious Jake Fromm connection here, being at UGA SEC champion Jake Fromm. May I add, but um, Warner Robins they lost to Buford, who's number two ranked in five A in the Elite Eight last year. I'm not sure the brackets shake out, but um. How do you see a head-to-head matchup between those two shaking out this year, Kyle? Uh, you know, I think Warner Robins probably learned a lot from that game. I, you know, hearing, talking to them, it sounds like a lot went wrong and Buford was, you know, on fire. It was like 92 to 72. Yeah, it was, yeah. When you score almost 100 points on a Warner Robins team, that's, that's an incredible feat in itself. So they must have been hitting on all cylinders. Uh, I think Nelson Phillips has improved greatly uh, since that game from what I saw in the summer and how they're just thumping teams. I mean, they drilled Kavon Moore and Westside making again uh, just last night. So uh, it's, it's, it's tough, especially now that Alex Jones is back healthy and we saw what they did, uh, what, just last night. They really uh, spanked uh, Cedar Schultz, who drops down to number seven, but they took it to him. What was the score last night? 74 to 48. Jones is back in the lineup. So Marcus Watson is, you know, running free, 24 points, 14 rebounds. Danelle Nixon finally slides over to that, that more of a two guard role. He has 15 points. So they're starting. They got their their lineup healthy, so it's still going to be a tough task. Anybody to beat Buford now that they're back healthy, but uh, you, you can't pass Warner Robins because they're a very scrappy team and they do have some firepower. And if Colby Owens is knocking down three pointers at his point guard position and he's bringing his tenacity on defense and just attacking the hole on offense, uh, they can give him a run for their money. But I, I'm not I'm not necessarily jumping off the Buford bandwagon. I still think they are a, a very to win five Over on the girls' side, we're going to jump down to Class 4A to start off with. You still have Carver Columbus, the 4-0 Carver Columbus State runners-up last year at number one. 
Henry County, 7-0, number two, and I'll throw in Spalding, 5-0. Lots of undefeated teams. Let's see, three, four, five undefeated teams in the top ten in Class 4A. How close is, let's start with Henry County to Carver-Columbus. I mean, they're they're looking pretty good right now. They're undefeated. They're led by Brooke Moore, who's going to Auburn, and she's a, a score. Uh, what, this past week they had that, that huge win. They take care of Fayette County, who was ranked, I guess it was, what, last week on the the 28th, 59 to 50, a very nice win. And then they come back and they take care of Luella at Luella, 57 to 48. So that, that's a team that is okay. They're, they're, they might not have the size to, uh, to really uh, bang with uh, Olivia Cochran inside. And, uh, you know, Carver's just huge with her down low. But their guards are as good as anyone. Uh, Janiah Jones, new to the picture over there. And you got uh, Janiah Wadsworth. That's a big three right there. And I've seen Lauren Bailey has been picking up the scoring slack here and there. So they got, you know, pretty much four very, uh, very useful scores inside or outside. But they have four very useful scores that can stretch out defenses and get into the lane and knock down some shots. And you got that star power with Brooke Moore. You really do have a shot. So it's going to be interesting to see how it it all plays out and how much how much longer they're going to be undefeated for. Uh, They're in that region four, and I mean they already got that great win over Luella. I think it's going to be you know tug of war between those two. Everyone else is you know playing for third and fourth place. Let's take you down to Class A Private next, Kyle. The top three you have your hallmark kind of names, household names, Holy Innocence, Wesleyan, and St. Francis. But below that, there's a bit of shuffling going on. Um, how do you see the Class A Private rankings forming in the coming weeks, Kyle? Uh, uh, your guess is as good as mine. It really is. And boys and girls, you you really never know. These teams uh, starting to play each other. It's like uh, connecting the dots and tic-tac-toe here and there and they beat them and they lost to them and this and that so it it does get very uh confusing and hectic and you know what just think if we didn't have holy innocence uh wesleyan and saint francis class a private would be insanely fun to track because all these teams are all beating them and beating them and this that and the other but i mean they have zero chance they have zero chance of ever challenging a Wesleyan, a Holy Innocence, or a St. Francis. Everyone else, I mean, we could just not play, and it would, you know, it's just those three. Those are the only three teams, and then there's going to be a lucky fourth team that'll make the Final Four and get beat by 40 points. Um, so it, it kind of sucks to if you want to think about it that way, just because those top three are just so good, and they just win, win, and win, and reload, and win, and reload. But uh, the rest of the classification, you know, it's... It's it's pretty fun. You look at it just last night, what, number six, Fellowship Christian. They beat number eight, Pinecrest Academy, 53-50. They always have great games, and Cameron Swartz always has a huge night. Fellowship Christian going to Colorado, had 36 points in that win. And then if you want to look at uh, the reigning Class A private player of the year, Morgan Jones, she did it again. She poured in 49 points. She led Our Lady of Mercy to a big, big upset win, 59-48 to 48 over number four landmark Christian. So you can definitely expect to see the Lady Bobcats in the top ten next week. We'll take it over to some Tuesday night action. Um, of course, the recap's up. 
at the end of Tuesday night, and I think that is the late night that you were referring to yesterday. You were out at the game and then had to come home, get all the recaps. Ashton Higgins, he records his fifth straight triple-double as Newton tops east side 89-52. Yeah, he's really just, like I wrote on the website, he's pretty much the Russell Westbrook of high school basketball right now. 19 points, 10 rebounds, 19 assists. I mean, I don't, there's, there's no one more valuable to their team than he is, and I think I mean that's that's by a long shot. Like without him, Newton's still you know they're a pretty pretty good team. But I mean he he brings them from good pretty good to like great. He's 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 everything for them, and he makes the game so much easier for Tyrese Brown shooting threes or dumping it inside to uh, Armani Harris or Dre Butler. Uh, he, he just does everything, and Rick Rasmussen's such a great coach, and he just lets him, you know, just the maestro of that offense, and it just clicks so well. And Newton, I mean, shoot, when he was supposed to be going to Oak Hill Academy, it was like, okay, Newton's going to you know, fall back to the pack, but dang, when he came back and Colby Rogers left and he went to a different school and we were saying, okay, who's going to be the running mate now next to Hagen's? Like, shoot, Hagen's will make you a star. Uh, it doesn't really matter as long as you're a pretty good player. He can make you a great player just playing alongside with him with all the great looks he's going to be getting you. So uh, the Rams, are they're here to stay, and they're going to be a, a, a tough team. they got a, a big uh, matchup with Grayson coming up, I think, next week. Uh, that, that'll be a, a big, uh, big frenzy uh, showdown in Region 8. That's going to be a great top 10 matchup. Uh, could be a top five matchup if Grayson moves up in the polls. So that's one to keep an eye on and one I'm going to really try and get out to. We touched on it earlier in Class 5A. Buford, 74. Cedar Shoals, 48. Yeah, we, we already mentioned that. Um, just Alex Jones, the Alex Jones factor. I know he's not lighting up the, the stat book, scoreboard. What, he had about 11 points, five assists. It might not seem like much, but geez you know you, you, you put him in and everything just is so smooth so smooth out there cedar shoals they 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 hung around i think they cut it to nine points at one point but just buford just rolled them over uh giovanni mcdavid had 14.7 rebounds uh actually had 15 points 14.7 rebounds from quincy canty in the loss and just i mean that's tough if buford's gonna beat cedar shoals like that uh, they're gonna definitely run away with that region and uh like i said we might we might have a rematch of them and warner robbins i don't know how the brackets shake shape up right now i don't i don't have them in front of me but a warner robbins versus buford state championship would uh that would be a pretty good one and in class 3a number five cedar grove 48 over number nine pace academy 33 yeah, I mean, you know, my worst fears about Pace Academy are coming true right now. Just, I've never been on the Isaiah Kelly bandwagon. Going to Yale, he's listed at six eight. He's closer to six five. Um, I mean, you lose Wendell Carter. They lost some other some other good pieces. It's just going to be tough for them. I don't know if he can really, you know, lead the team to the promised land. They're still going to be a good program, and they're going to get their wins, and they'll be fine. But as far as being a state title contender, I just don't really see Pace Academy uh, doing that right now. But Cedar Grove, uh, they had a what, about a 10-point win against Lovett. And I, I kind of said, man, I, I, I wish they uh, they played better than that. And that's why it kind of dropped down a spot in the rankings. But bounced back with a nice 15-point win, held Pace just 33 points. Uh, Jamari Dean. 
Uh, he's been he's been having a really good season. He's about six five, six six on a good day. Had sixteen points, ten rebounds, three blocks, and they got some other good sneaky guards over there. Devin Barnes is a junior. He's uh, been leading the team in scoring for a couple years now, or at least has uh, been top two in scoring. So that, that's a team that's uh, turned into a, a veteran group, and uh, they got a good unit over there, and they could take care of some business over there in Region Five, and you know slay that dragon that is a uh, Pace Academy. You made the trip up last night to Lafayette Heritage, where Lafayette won by 13, 69 to 56. Of course, the full story is on the website, but uh, give us your analysis. Yes, I a trip to, I guess, uh, well, I watched Lafayette, but they were at Heritage Catoosa, so it was up in Catoosa County. In Ringgold, Georgia, up close near, close to uh, Chattanooga, so we're getting close to Tennessee territory. But I, I went for a nice little rural feel, wanted to get some, uh, you know, taste of the town type stuff going up there. Uh, I guess you want, if you want to classify it as the mountains, it was a lot of, a lot of long stretches of highway. It took about two hours to get there, but yeah, Lafayette, a team that. You know, their fan base was always heckling me last year, you know, saying they should be ranked. They need to be ranked in the top 10. This is a great team. Lafayette is a great team. You need to show more love to the Ramblers. So I figured, okay, let me go check them out. I mean, they did make it to the uh, Sweet 16 last year, and they got beat by Henry County by 30 in the second round. But uh, usually with that reading six basketball up there, that's a, usually a, a, a clean sweep. They usually get taken care of uh, pretty quickly, but actually two of their teams uh, made it to the second round. So it was a, it was a good year for North Georgia basketball. But, yeah, I went to go check them out. Uh, pretty much what I expected, some uh, good basketball, decent basketball. You know, the, and the athletes, just it's different up in North Georgia, especially in the kind of smaller schools that just don't have the premier athletes that you're going to find down south or in metro Atlanta. But uh, they they had some nice players. Alex Killar, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he is a junior guard, little – you know, not the greatest size, about 5'11", but he was super good on the isolation plays. Um, he, he had two buzzer beaters and had an assist uh, late at at at, at that uh, that led to a buzzer beater. So he's a, a really good guard. And John Morgan, six four senior, a lefty, has some bounce to his game. I think both those guys could end up playing at small schools. Uh, at the college level, maybe look at NAIA or Division Division Three if they had the had the grades to play there. But uh, it was Lafayette beat Heritage Catoosa sixty nine to fifty six. Uh, I did not know this when I was watching the game, but Heritage had a really good, uh, solid big man, 6'5", 225 pounds. Cole Wilcox, who's you know just a, a good athlete, good passer, uh, just a bruising guy inside, had a, a good game, had twenty points. Uh, 11 rebounds. I did not know that he is signed to play baseball at the University of Georgia, Ramin, so you might be running into him, but I also hear that he might be a first-round or second-round pick in the MLB draft as a right-handed pitcher. So, so uh, Cole Wilcox, very good athlete. I did not know I might be watching a future MLB player, but he was a big old boy that could score the ball inside, but uh, Lafayette just too good. Andrew Pendergrass. Uh, a shooter had 18 points. Uh, now, is Lafayette going to contend for a, a deep run? 
the state tournament. I don't see that happening because I do start a 5'11 center, and at some point, a 5'11 center is going to have a hell of a time trying to match up with like a 6'6 Trayvon uh, Walker over there at uh, Upson Lee. But uh, they're a nice little story, and they're a pretty good team up in North Georgia. As always, we'll be back with you next week right around this time to go over the new rankings and any storylines that will develop in the wonderful sport we know as GHSA Basketball. As always, send any questions to sandyspiel at gmail.com or tweet at us. We'd love to feature your questions on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Sandy Spiel and Kyle's account at KyleSandy355. Check the website for the rankings Sunday for the guys, Monday for the ladies, and we'll be back with you next week. Have a great one.